Chapter 15 Getting to the bathroom was not self-evident. I had to figure it out. The Texas Roadhouse was divided into two areas, split by a partition wall that went up halfway to the ceiling. I was in one dining area, the bathrooms were in the other, across from the kitchen, visible through a service shelving unit where waiters and waitresses could receive plates of food as they were ready. I had to go all the way around, past the entrance, hooking around to a pair of swinging double doors at the end of the room. I shouldered the push plate into the men's room, three sinks in a row, above it, three mirrors. I chose the middle section, looked in the mirror, and saw my own dirty face looking back at me. I washed it, washed my hands, dried myself with a handful of paper towels, went back out into the restaurant. The dining room was busy with people taking their meals apart, hungrily, with fork and fingers and knives. I moved through the corridor between tables, back toward the front. To get to our booth, I would make a right at the glass doors, hooking back into the second dining area and my T-bone steak. But a busboy got in my way. Right in front of the entrance doors, the kid was carrying a bucket of dirty dishes, gleaned from one of the tables. I had to skirt around him, like a little dance. I danced left. He danced to my right. I ended up against the entrance door, which opened out toward the parking lot. And in came the guy I had seen lying on the bed, looking at Elena's phone, in room 12 of the Desert Inn. We almost collided. He was shorter standing than he had looked lying on the motel bed. Thickly built, with a shaved head and wispy facial hair. I hadn't noticed the tattoo on the crown of his head. It was a dagger pointing down toward the nape of his neck. The tattoo below his chin was a bunch of large gothic letters. I would need to be standing below him to read them. The guy stepped aside at the last moment and said, Excuse me which with his accented English sounded like, accuse me. He made eye contact, but there was no recognition in his dead and glossy eyes, which I found interesting. I let the guy pass in front of me and watched as he moved into the dining area, searching the booths and the tables. I pushed my hand around the back of my waist, under my t-shirt, just resting it there, thumbs hooked into the belt loops ready to take hold of the Glock if the guy did anything. So far, his hands were loosely hanging away from his sides. The guy was moving slowly, scanning faces. I could see our table from the entrance. Elena and Mallory were tucked into the booth with their backs to the door, facing the wall where Dave sat. The booth butting up against ours had a group of Texas-sized people demolishing plates of barbecued ribs. As a consequence, I couldn't see Mallory at all, and only half of Elena's head. Dave faced the entrance, looking down at his plate, trying to get a handle on the burger. The guy moved through to the back and looked over. He saw Elena's profile and then turned away to the other side, looked down at a phone, and then back up. I watched him recognize her. The guy turned around quickly, like he'd decided something. I was not ready for the quick movement, and he would have caught me, looking at him, but I got lucky, because Camilla the waitress was right between us and in the way. She dodged around him, 
diverting his attention for the half-second I needed. I used that half-second to snatch a menu from the pile by the cashier's desk and put my head down to read it. Two seconds later, the guy brushed past me and out the door. The guy had not recognized me, which meant they didn't know me, yet. I figured they knew the rental car plate number and that was it. I looked out the big windows to the parking lot. Across from the Texas Roadhouse restaurant, a pickup truck was parked tail in. It was a Japanese model with the same silhouette as the truck that had been watching the Desert Inn. Narrow body and roof lights like evil rabbit ears. A couple of guys were hanging around in front of it. The guy I had just seen walked over to them. I figured, if they didn't know me, they couldn't see me. I was invisible. I pushed through the front door and out into the heat. The Glock was tucked into my waistband, with a round in the chamber, ten in the magazine. Eleven rounds total. So how many guys was I going to have to think about? I walked across the thoroughfare lane, past the pickup truck, without staring. Truck was a Toyota, with two guys sitting in the bed, two standing around on the asphalt. They looked like brothers, or cousins, or members of the same cult or gang. Tattoos, shaved heads, wispy facial hair, baggy t-shirts, cargo shorts and jeans. Other than that, they were built like anyone else. Tall and short, skinny and fat, a cross-section of the species. The short, thick-set guy with the dagger head tattoo was talking, and others were listening. The two guys from the Jeep Cherokee were missing, maybe out of the game. For a moment, I thought, maybe they were going to enter the restaurant and start blasting. If they had moved in that direction, I'd have to act. I was doing calculations. Four guys... 11 bullets. That's two bullets for each with a couple left over just in case. Not great. Not terrible. Theoretically, I could just take them out right there and then. One each to the chest real quick, then tap them in the head. It would be over inside of a minute. Plus, I could loot their weapons. But that logic belonged in Iraq or Syria, not the Walmart parking lot outside of Midland, Texas. They didn't go anywhere. A big and tall guy with a facial tattoo of a bat across his eyes brought out his phone and started speaking into it. The short, thick-set guy with the dagger tattoo lit a cigarette. So, they were going to wait. I figured I should do some reconnaissance, in case there were more of them. I walked into the row of parked cars, one over from the Toyota. There was a Chevy Caprice between me and the guys. The Chevy buttered up against a Honda, and that was the row. I turned right at the feeder lane, around the back of the Honda, walking along the line of cars, checking each one for lurking assassins. Nothing going on, nobody to see. Only normal citizens concerned with shopping, eating, or on their way to the movies. When I got to the end of the row, I made a sharp turn at the bigger thoroughfare lane, back to the other side of the parked cars, walking now in the direction of the Texas Roadhouse. So far, so good. As I came back to the restaurant, I spotted a second group, around 50 yards out, parked perpendicular to the restaurant entrance. The new Sicarios were grouped around a big GMC sports utility vehicle. Two men standing, 
two women sitting on the lower tailgate, swinging their legs. The women wore baseball caps and heavy makeup around the eyes. Sicarias, or cholas, female cartel assassins. Whatever. Death does not discriminate. That brought the enemy count up to eight. I thought, eleven rounds, six male Sicarios, two female Sicarias, eight total. Doable, but suboptimal. I went back into the restaurant slid into the booth next to Dave, who was still involved with the complicated burger. I focused on the steak, which was still warm. I demolished it inside of two minutes, then started on the sides. Mallory was nibbling her burger, maybe a quarter eaten. Elena's plate was clean, and she was wiping it with a cornbread square from a basket that had appeared during my absence. Dave was holding his fingers above his plate, looking around for free napkins. I said, Dave, are you carrying? Dave said, you bet. Mallory? In the truck. They both looked at me. I ate a waffle fry and said, bumped into one of the guys from the motel, but he didn't make me. So I went out and scouted. There's at least eight of them out there. I looked at Elena. They have your picture on their phones. The guy ID'd you. She said, in here? I just watched him do it. Mallory said, No shit. I said, Good thing is, they're in uniform, making themselves easy to identify. Elena said, Uniform? Dressed up like Mexican gangbangers. Probably raided Walmart for out-of-season Halloween gangster costumes. Dave said, That's a good look. I was thinking of going for it myself come Halloween. I looked over at him the bushy white mustache and balding head with close-cropped white hair. No problem. All you need is to cut that mustache back a little and get yourself a face tattoo of a mermaid. I'm not in the Marines, bud. But if you're going in that direction, I'd have a screaming eagle tattooed to my forehead. Elena was looking at Dave and me in disbelief. She said, You guys are crazy. Mallory shook her head. They're just being dumbasses. Cut it out, Dad. Keeler, be serious for a minute. So I got down to brass tacks.